Hey there. Before we begin the episode, I wanted to quickly introduce you to the Art Is Podcast's new partner, Artmo. Artmo is a community-centered marketplace where any artist can sell their work and any art lover can buy art commission-free. What's really cool about Artmo is it's the first platform of its kind that lets you sell both physical art and NFTs in one place. They're bridging the traditional art world and the Web3 universe, and I'm super excited about it. The best part? You can turn any of your physical or digital artworks into an NFT on their platform, adding provenance, security, and authentication to your piece. NFTs can be a bit tricky to understand and create, but thanks to Artmo's dedicated team, it's become so much easier. And that's not all. Artmo is not just a marketplace, but also a media platform where creatives can connect, network, and join open forums and discussion groups. It's a great place to engage with fellow artists and art enthusiasts. Also, it's totally free for artists to sign up, and there's no long application process or gatekeeping involved. So what are you waiting for? Join the Artmo community now and head over to Artmo's website to sign up and start sharing and selling your work. Go to artmo.com, A-R-T-M-O dot com, or check out the show notes of this episode to learn more. So bringing it back, just to reiterate, the three simplest steps that you can take right now, like as soon as you press pause or end this podcast. Number one is meet people. Number two, tell them what you do. And number three, make offers to work together. Literally the three simplest steps that you can do today to make money as a creative. Hello and welcome back to the Art Is Podcast, a podcast for artists. This is episode eight on season five and I'm your co-host Lauren Hill. Today's topic is a very exciting one, something that both Izata and I have both struggled with, and that is networking. From my experience coaching all kinds of creatives, musicians, actors, fine artists, designers, there's always this sticking point that comes up repetitively. And I think part of this concept of putting ourselves out there into the world to socialize and connect with other people has become even harder since the pandemic and since technology. You know, we're so able to hide behind our computer screens and our phones. And even thinking back 10 to 15 years, you know, waiting in a doctor's office no one was on their phones. Uh, you would interact with people. Maybe it's you're waiting for a taxi back then. Now it's Uber. But the the socializing aspect is quite different. And I wonder sometimes if this has to do with the fear that goes into networking that I've seen a lot of my clients struggle with. Today, I wanted to talk about something that I've learned from my coach 
She is a business coach for life coaches. And something that she created was the three simple steps to making money as a life coach that I've transformed into the three simple steps to making money as a creative. And it's very simple. Number one, meet people. Tell them what you do and make offers to work together. And literally, that's how you make money and get your artwork out there in the world. All you need is one person. So when you think about those simple steps, the first step of meeting people, well, where are you going to meet people? And that's why today we're talking about this topic of getting out into the world and the benefits that it has to not only your business, but your personal life as well. So Lauren, why do you think it is such a challenge for creatives to share those things? Yeah, I think a lot of us love doing the work, you know, being in the studio. And I find that a lot of creatives are visual performing artists, even performing artists, you would think that they would be extroverts, but a lot of them are more introverted and need that quiet time to perfect their craft. And that's their, their cozy little zone. With that, there, there can be so many benefits to getting out and meeting people and creating more relationships and friendships out in the world to inspire your artwork and also become a healthier human being. There's been a lot of research done of the health benefits of having social connections and relationships. Not only do you strengthen your immune system, but it's been proven that a lot of people who have more relationships and socialize live longer lives. I also think something that's really interesting here that we've addressed in past episodes is this concept of like stereotypes and stigma that, you know, artists are bad business people or that artists need gallerists to explain their work to the world or to sell their work or show up or, you know, all these different stereotypes. And I wonder like how much those play into our own self-narratives of what we can and cannot do. And it makes me think a lot about this whole idea of the elevator pitch. You know, what are the 10, 20, 30 words that describe what you do and who you are? You know, to an impatient person, we're always talking about our short attention spans, millennials and Gen Zs. You know, you only have a few seconds to, to capture their attention. And it makes me think a lot about how, how much music has changed as well. You used to hear songs all the time that would have an intro that would be totally different to how the song sounded. And nowadays, the first 10 seconds of the song has to sound like the rest of the song because otherwise someone's just going to skip it. They're not going to wait to hear what the actual song has. And, you know, I'm, I struggled with that for a really long time that I didn't actually share my work with anybody. I just wasn't comfortable talking about it with myself, I guess. And so I just didn't share it with anyone else. And I didn't know how to explain it in 10 words or 100 words or, you know, a thousand words. So I wasn't 
capable of sharing in short or in long, so I just didn't. Um, but I guess what I've been waking up to is the reality that there's so many versions of myself that I choose to share or not to share publicly or privately um, that I'm not actually like cheapening my image or my practice or anything by explaining things in simple terms. And I found that it's been really great and meaningful to me to even share my work with people I meet, maybe even in an elevator or in a waiting room or on an airplane or whatever. People who don't care about contemporary art are not in the art world. People who, you know, just ask me about why my pants have stains on them or why my hands are dirty or something like that. And, or, you know, why I'm in the hardware store. Um, and I, I found it to be really meaningful to get to share um, whether or not people resonate with the work I do or not um, and start to separate my own identity with other people's opinion of my work and myself. Um, and so, you know, this idea of networking is really profound. Um, and I found it really interesting that Lauren commented on how COVID changed networking as well, because I think I really began networking for reals in COVID <laughs> online. I was in a few different like online communities and fellowship programs. And it was the first time I actually was doing like Zoom networking as well. And I found it funny that, you know, you actually had a few seconds to meet somebody that, you know, the Zoom room would count down how many seconds you had. So I literally only had a few seconds to explain um, versus being like at a party or something and you can tell someone's getting bored by what you're saying and they'll eventually walk away. But in this case, the window would actually close and they'd be gone. So I think it's interesting to think about like technology's influence, but at the end of the day, whether it's online or offline, getting to share is important. You know, removing fear around that is helpful. Yeah, and bridging the gap between friendship and business. You know, taking the pressure off and going, you know, again, coming with that experimental mindset of, you know, how can I get to know this person on a friendship level first to see the common interests? And when does it feel like the right time to make the pitch? You know, so it, it does take some awareness and body language feedback from the interaction. And a lot of these conversations happen over time too. They don't happen all at once. So it's kind of like planting the seeds as you meet people time and time again. And Lauren, I wanted to ask, you know, for those who are maybe just experimenting with this kind of professional networking. Could you define what you mean by friendship? Because, you know, we all have different kinds of friends, you know, work friends, family friends, home friends, and those are all different relationships. And so how can you help explain 
to someone who is just figuring that out with themselves, how to share, you know, how to show up to those kinds of interactions. Yeah, one of my mentors actually gave me the concept of labeling your friendships as your A friends, your B friends, your C friends, your D friends, and almost thinking of them as if like a community. So you have your friends that live in your house. So those are your really close friends that like know everything about you that you could call an emergency and, you know, that like would be there if you're throwing up and you'd feel comfortable. And then you have your B friends, which are your neighbors. Like this is just, you know, a visualization that's not actually your neighbor. But if you were to conceptualize the different compartments to put these people in. So you have your neighbors that you can call on when you, um, you know, need some furniture moved or um, a cup of sugar, right? Um, and and then you have your C friends that live, maybe they live down the street or um, in the same kind of area that you live in and then your d friends live in the same city and so you can think of in relationship you can think of you know not everyone has to be your best friend and you don't even have to like all of your friends but some people might have certain things to bring to your life that can be really beneficial that maybe you don't relate to them on the same level that you would relate to as your A and B friends. And so I like to use that uh, example sometimes when I think about friendship and networking in general. It's interesting because it makes me think about this idea of, you know, playing a role and showing up as like slightly different versions of yourself in different scenarios. But at the end of the day, regardless of which version you're being, one of the things that I've found to be so true is you always have to be your own advocate and you always have to be your own biggest fan. You know, not in an arrogant or showy way, but if you don't believe in yourself and what you're doing, how is anybody else going to be doing that for you? And... That means you're now relying on, you know, maybe your D friends to be being your biggest fans when you yourself aren't even showing up for you and supporting you in the best way that you can. And so it makes me think a lot about how you go about sharing and introducing yourself. So I would ask you, Lauren, for someone who's really maybe just putting their art practice in the public domain for the first time, how could they go about introducing themselves? Yeah, and I think a big part of that, which is a topic that we've covered quite a bit, is asking the right questions, you know, reading the room as well. Because... It's kind of like a, the balancing act between the two of like 
the self-inquiry process of really getting to know yourself and believing in what you have to offer and sharing that and also asking the right questions to find common ground with another person and see if they're even interested in you know furthering a conversation with you because there are going to be some people that you meet that maybe you want nothing to do with or they want nothing to do with you so it's kind of the combination of really strengthening that self-concept feeling you know understanding what your strengths and your accomplishments and your passions are so that you can then voice them out loud in these types of conversations when you're asking the same questions you know what are you interested in where do you live what you know how did you grow up what do you do for work all of these networking essential questions and just for example The elevator pitch for my business is very simple. I help creatives make money doing work they love. And I've thought about many different ways on how to share this same vision with different words. So sometimes I'll say, I help introverted visual and performing artists up-level their creative business. It's important to create this kind of statement for yourself, and it does evolve over time depending on what you do, but I think it can really help you feel confident when sharing. Because I do multiple things, I don't always just lead with that. You know, people ask what I do, and I'll say I'm a career coach for creatives, and a lot of times especially older generations, they don't even understand what the term creatives means, which I find very funny. But it is kind of a newer, like a creative entrepreneur in general, I feel like is a newer term. And so even me saying I'm a career coach for creatives, people are like, oh, you're a coach? Well, what does that mean? You know, they know a coach in relationship to sports But not everyone understands even what a coach is in relationship to business or specifically an artist. Like, what's an artist coach? So having that intrigue, something that you share that stimulates the interest that can lead to deeper conversation as well. And that's really going to help connect you with other people and really just sharing your vision of what you see what you want to create in the world I do have multiple areas you know I not only am a career coach I also work part-time for Toshin as a sales associate I also sell my designs online in my friend's business Aura Sugar who she creates beads and phone charms and necklaces and she actually partnered speaking of collaboration during covid she ended up creating a relationship online with corinne olympus who was on one of the seasons of the bachelor 
And they started a beading company together and started selling bracelets and necklaces. And I've designed part of their logo. I've designed different blankets and journals and mugs that I sell on their website. So that's like another facet of what I do. And it's all about, you know, creating that interest with the person that you're talking to and seeing like, do their eyes light up when you say a certain word? And then going more into that to create a deeper bond. It's interesting how so many of the things that we're intimidated by in these kinds of networking interactions, we label as like professional insecurities, being like, oh, that's a really, you know, famous curator or gallerist or, you know, network exec or, you know, whatever. But actually, they're just like communication things. And so I loved how you said, you know, to pay attention to someone who gets excited, whose eyes light up when you say something or, you know, we've all had those moments where maybe you're sharing images of your work and the piece that you resonate the least with is the one that, you know, they're most excited about or something. And just not to kind of stand in your own way with that and just to be open to the improbable happening. So bringing it back, just to reiterate, the three simplest steps that you can take right now, like as soon as you press pause or end this podcast. Number one is meet people. Number two, tell them what you do. And number three, make offers to work together. Literally the three simplest steps that you can do today to make money as a creative or an artist. And it's really important to note that working together can mean all sorts of things. It can be collaboration. It can be short-lived, long-lived. It can just be another meeting, you know? Just make an offer just propose a concept. Who knows what could come of that? You know, just returning to when I first met Lauren back in the summer of 2021, I felt so excited and energized by our conversation. And I knew that it wasn't going to end there. Did I know what would come of it? Of course not. And now here I am with her in person in Beverly Hills in the Toshin store having an incredible enriching conversation but I had no idea then that this would come out of that and so this is just an invitation from us unlikely collaborators who found each other online and now in person to just make a proposal and see what happens so highly relevant to the topic of networking and collaboration is this clip from season four of Art is a podcast for artists with Laurie King and Avril Z Speaks, director and executive producers of the film Black America Is. Could you give um, any maybe like tips or advice for a younger creative who's maybe at the beginning of their journey seeking out creative collaborators like the relationship that you guys have? 
it's often hard to find someone who understands the creative vision that you have. And especially now with COVID changing everything, I was just wondering if you had any thoughts to share for younger creatives. We talked about sort of our relationship starting with a friendship, you know, and in our case, we were in film school together. But I mean, I think that those types of relationships and those types of friendships can be born out of, you know, any situation, whether you're in a lab with someone, whether you just, you know, meet someone online. Um, But I think for me, I think that those collaborations start with friendship because I really do believe that, um, and this is just my opinion and, and my feeling, is, you know, these projects take a long time to develop. They take a long time to do. And, you know, it just really helps when you know the people and, and kind of are just on the same page, not just, in ter- not just in terms of like, oh, we get along, but even artistically. And, you know, especially when it comes to director-producer collaborations, I just feel like when you have those fundamental sort of shared ideals and shared values, it helps with the collaboration. So I I just always say, if you're looking for a a true collaboration, it's about getting to know people first. I know sometimes, you know, in art, it's like we just want to find someone who will do it or who will take our call or, you know, whatever. But it's like, do you even like the same things? Do you even have the same taste when it comes to, and not everything is going to be identical. You know, there are definitely times where Lori and I see things differently. We don't necessarily see eye to eye artistically on things, but I think the core of what we um, believe in and what we're looking for in terms of content, is there's an alignment there. I was just going to add, I think that's very good advice. And I also want to stress, yes, we did meet in, um, graduate school with film and I can recall other opportunities where I had a chance to as Abel said become someone's friend that maybe I want to collaborate with and I was a little um you know resistant to doing that because I had this idea that if not really liking networking but I think Abel the way in which you approach it is the way that I've learned to approach it since. And that's entering into it as a friendship and getting to know someone and then developing a relationship and then collaborating with them. Yeah, that that's really interesting. That's definitely been a recurring um, thought that others have also shared um, on the podcast, the kind of discomfort with networking and feeling like you need someone from somebody. But by coming at it from like a friendship perspective um, is really great advice. Uh, I really appreciate that. I really resonated with how Loria and Avril discussed their discomfort with networking and how each of them came to their own realization that networking can just be forming friendships. So I really hope you enjoy this clip. I resonate so much with what they shared because like I shared earlier my friend Lindsay Montgomery who owns Aura Sugar with Corinne Olympus I actually met Lindsay in college and you know we've collaborated on so many different things because of our own common shared interests and ideals 
and vision. And so I really think that suggestion of forming friendships first and then leading to collaboration is really a beautiful idea to share. And it's so interesting to think about what can come out of networking, um, in this case, collaboration. But in this next clip that we wanted to share with you, it's something new altogether. Going to markets, like I love interacting with people. Like that's where we, you and I met. I love just being able to like chat with people. And like, that's a very inspiring thing for me too. It's just be able to like see what other people like, other people's interests and, um, and just know what other people are doing. Like I met this really cool guy last week and he's a musician and he's like very deep and meaningful and we've been like connecting and stuff. And then like, I meet other people who are more like, um, you know, free flowing and happy, like not that he's not happy, but like, you know, bubbly and whatnot is the better word. Um, it's just like personality. I don't know. I love interacting with people and networking and just seeing like what's going on in the world, basically. Yeah. And I think that's such an important part of like, especially if you're, you own your own business solely, like getting out and meeting people is so important because like you can be you can be amazing at your craft all day long, right? But in order for it, you to make a living from it, you have to be able to meet people. For sure. Like that is the first thing, like, especially since the majority of this has been during the pandemic. It's like the second I was able to do markets, I'm like, what is this world? Like, this is phenomenal. I love it so much. Like, this is what my soul has been missing because I've been at home, even though it's been delightful, I've been at home not being able to like interact with other people or even have like exchange of thoughts like with somebody else in person is just so different than like being online or anything like that. Like I met so many amazing people through Instagram throughout this whole period um, who I like continuously chat to now, but it's like, Oh, that physical of just, okay, oh, wow, 30 minutes has just flown by and we've bonded over X, Y, and Z. Like, it's so, I don't know. It's, yeah, very fulfilling to me. I really enjoy it. Um, and, like, just knowing, like, how to, how my art, too, like, what, what drew you to my art? Like, is there a story behind it? Is there some sort of a connection that you've made? I've heard people be like, Oh my gosh. So one time when I was in Mexico, I saw blah, 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 blah. And like, and it's just like all of these cool things where I'm like, oh, great. Like, I'm so happy that I can be there to like build that. Or a few weeks, or I was at Melo's Trading Post a few weeks ago and there were so many like beautiful pregnant women like coming and looking at my artwork and like loving the, you know, more neutral, like pastel, like the light muted colors, like all of that stuff. And like, talking about you know their nursery and like all of that stuff it's like I wouldn't have had that experience if I was just like at home like I loved hearing that oh this is gonna go over the crib or this is gonna go next to the door you know it's just like as simple as that yeah because I'm sure too then it's like when you're making the artwork you're having this create this bigger vision for it too you're not just looking at it and being like okay here it is it's like oh, oh I can picture this in different spaces and like that probably 
infuses more, you know, like other creations that wouldn't be there without that experience. Oh, yeah. Like the pop sockets would not have been there if I was like, I was at, again, at Melrose Trading Post and a bunch of like teens and stuff kept coming by my booth and they loved like the Brainiac collection that I have. And I was like, what do kids like that age enjoy? And I'm like, oh my gosh, they all have like something for their phone or like they are all into like the fidgets or the squishies or the whatever it might be. That beats on my phone too. (laughs) And I was like, oh wow. I I literally turned to my husband and I was like, pop sockets. He's like, oh my gosh, yeah. (laughs) So it is, I have so much, that's what I'm saying. Like going to these markets is one of my biggest inspirations. Like, really chatting with people and getting ideas from them um, keeps me going. So that was just Olivia Bryden from Creative Native. That's creative with two eyes and native with two eyes. She is a handmade polymer clay artist who I met at a market here in Los Angeles. And I just love her enthusiasm around networking and how being out in the world and interacting with other humans has inspired her own creative practice and the artwork that she makes. Yeah, I really resonated with the story she told about how by meeting her customers face-to-face and seeing what they resonated with, she took those, you know, comments and positive vibes and developed newfound work based off of that feedback. And I really thought that that loop was just so cool in terms of how the networking that she did at these events that she had invested time and effort and money to go to were really already paying off in terms of new work and new ideas that she was developing for her business. So just with these two examples, you can really see how whether it's creative collaboration or directly you know, new products and business streams in your creative practice. Networking for creatives is an endless pool of resources. Not to mention, it extends your life. Thank you for listening to Art Is, a podcast for artists. Be sure to check out the show notes for any resources mentioned in this episode. To access the episode transcript and more info on the themes outlined in Season 5, go to artispodcast.com. This episode was created by me, Isata Page, and Lauren Hill from Curated Splash, with original music by Black Wonder Twins. You can find them on all streaming platforms and on YouTube and Instagram under the same handle. Okay, that's it for now. See you next Thursday. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to our podcast editor, AK Joel, who's actually a professional video editor and YouTuber, but also edits podcasts. If you want to contact him about editing your own videos or podcasts, you can message him directly on Instagram at akjoel.films. That's A-K-J-O-E-L dot F-I-L-M-S. You can also find his contact information in this episode's show notes.